If you have been with us the past few Sundays, then you know that we have entered into a season in the life of our church where we are zeroing in on the practices of the way of Jesus. We recognize and we hold in beautiful balance with the life-giving grace held out to us in the gospel that to follow Jesus means to trust him to such a high degree that we adopt his lifestyle, believing that he knew and modeled the best way to live. We also admit that the process of transformation is something that we do with Jesus, following and walking with him, leaning into the disciplines for life in the spirit. A rule of life, as we discussed a couple Sundays ago, is the framework or the trellis for us to center our lives on Jesus and his kingdom simply for us to abide in the vine. The practices are the components of this rule of life. Last week, Kelly introduced to us the practice of Sabbath, or Shabbat. In brief, Kelly reminded us of several key aspects of what Sabbath is and why we Sabbath. First, when it comes to the practice of the Sabbath, we may ask, do we need to practice the Sabbath? Or do we have to keep the Sabbath? As Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 2, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus's contemporaries most likely needed to hear the second half of that exhortation, that man was not made for the Sabbath. I would argue that we need to hear the first half of that statement, that Sabbath was made for man. What if the Sabbath is not a burden, but a blessing? What if have to or do we need to are the wrong questions to be asking? So before we review the why, which Kelly laid out last week, a brief word on what the Sabbath is. Sabbath given by Yahweh to the Israelites in Exodus, upheld by the law and the prophets, practiced by Jesus and his disciples, and practiced by the Jewish people and Jesus's church throughout history is a time or a day to stop. In Hebrew, Shabbat means to stop or to cease. It is a physical time, again, a period of time or a day, physically set apart. It's a holy time, a time in our week that is unique. It is different from the rest of our week. It is set apart. We go and we go and we go in our modern age, driving ourselves away from God, driving ourselves and separating ourselves away from others, and simultaneously, as Kelly noted last week, driving our very selves into the ground. Our holy grail is production and achievement. We are goal-obsessed and we are achievement-driven. But when we Sabbath, we follow the example that God demonstrated in the scriptures. He rested and Jesus rested. And biblically, this rest is defined as joyous repose, tranquility, or delight. It's happiness and it's stillness. It's peace and harmony. Rest is to delight and to celebrate and to play 
It's time we set apart to soak in, to worship, and to rejoice, to bond with God and to bond with others. Sabbath is a time that we set aside to do the things that restore our soul, to remember God and his goodness. And as Kelly reminded us, Shabbat is time to celebrate our freedom in Christ. Freedom from the taskmaster Egypt, just like the Israelites, the the taskmaster that screams at us, you must do more. You must be more. We set aside time to set our minds on God. And this now brings us to the how. Many of you may be to the point where you are, are already practicing Sabbath or you are convinced enough maybe still skeptical, but convinced enough that Sabbath is a practice that comes to us in the form of a gift. And you're to the point where you want to step into this blessing and integrate it into your current life. But the question remains, how? How do we Sabbath? We each are different. We're different uh, in the manner of we're, we're in different stages of life. We have different responsibilities and limitations. We have different likes and dislikes. We have different opinions on what restores us or brings us closer to the heart of the Father. So it's important to hear that Sabbath can look many different ways. It's less about what not to do, what you shouldn't do, but it's more about what to do. Kelly gave us a few practical examples last week, and I'd encourage you to go back and listen if you already haven't or if you need a reminder of what those things were. But today, our goal is to get really practical with the how. So, we have this panel here today. Everyone in different stages of their Sabbath practice, and each practicing Sabbath a little bit differently, in a different way. Our heart is that you hear these individuals sharing this morning and that something would resonate, you'd glean something, something would encourage you and help you from getting from viewing Sabbath in the theoretical, but it would help you start integrating it into your practical and weekly framework. So with that, we'll begin our conversation. Um, Is this mic okay, by the way? Okay. Okay, thank you. So, let's see. Let's get this out of the way so I'm not looking past it towards you all. So, Leah, do you turn on? It should turn green when it... Yep, perfect. Okay, so um, let's just start with simple questions first. You can just introduce yourself for the, the people that don't know, and then we'll get into the first question. So, name... Stage of life, how long you've been at River's Edge, et cetera, and then we'll get into the first question. I'm Leah, and I'm not going to give you my age because <laughs> um, I think that's kind of awkward, but <laughs> I have two kids, so I'm right in the season of busyness with littles, and I've been part of River's Edge probably for five years now. I'm Hannah McLeod. I also am in the season of littles with a one-year-old and almost, well, almost one-year-old, almost four-year-old, and I've been referred to, I think it's been six. I'm Becky, and I'm not in that season of life anymore, but I have four adult children, and I've been at River's Edge about a year, 
Cool. So first question for us to discuss, what is your experience with the Sabbath? Why did you start and how did it feel to start? So this is where um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so I'm married to Evan, so he might interject a little bit, but we started playing around with Sabbath about five years ago. I'm a little bit before Blakely was born. And to be honest, it started and it was pretty challenging. It was odd trying to figure out what worked for us and shedding off old, um, maybe stereotypes and thoughts about Sabbath, which I kind of felt was like I had to sing all day or sit and read my Bible all day. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I don't know what really instigated the start of it, but um, we're very glad we started playing around with it. So my experience, I was thinking back to my childhood. So as a kid, Sabbath in our house was we went to church. We were only allowed to watch Sunday movies, which were like the Hanna-Barbera ones. And our homework had to be done on Saturday so that we could potentially have family time on Sunday if my parents wanted it. So that's kind of, that was what Sabbath was to us. Um, I started getting convicted about Sabbath once I had kids and once work was no longer just Monday through Friday, like it was now a 24 seven thing where I was like, wait a second, Sabbath isn't just like kind of built in sorta of to my week. <laughs> um, and it's been kind of a process of figuring it out. I think it's funny that Matt asked me to Sabbath. I think he thinks I Sabbath a lot better than I do. Um, but it's definitely something that I've been slowly working through and it did feel a lot like a task and a chore at first and I'm still in the process of trying to figure out what it looks like and like what my experience is. But one of the verses that stood out, I don't know, a couple months ago is Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. And pretty much it says, if you call the Sabbath a delight and don't go your own way, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I was like, why is this a passage I never really heard or memorized or whatever? Because this is been a season of trying to find my joy in the Lord. And I'm like, it tells you right here. So especially with that, um, and even just this morning, I was reading in Romans 12, where it's telling you, like, don't conform to the pattern of this world. And so my experience is like, let's, let's push off what the patterns of the world are and try to lean in to something different. So my experience of Sabbath was just Sundays when I was a kid growing up. I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but I did go to church on Sundays. And uh, it was the most boring day of the week for me, literally. We did not Sabbath, but we didn't do anything all day. So it was very boring. It was so boring. I remember when I was seven, eight years old, I, uh, I had nothing to do. I wrote a letter to Bazooka Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That was my very first activity I did on a, on a boring Sunday. But as I, uh, as I grew older, of course, it meant a lot more to me, raising four children, um, needing that time with the Lord. And, it, and I've been grappling since last week, uh, listening to Kelly's message about, or with the difference between a Sabbath and just your regular devotions that you have. And... Um, and all I can say is, uh, when my husband passed away a year ago, May, um, I felt this desperate need for a, an intentional, close relationship with the Lord to be my new husband and to know him intimately. 
So that has really shaped the way uh, my experience of Sabbath, and I can say it's sustained me, and it has been my, <clears throat> uh, definitely filled my cup. Yeah, just some of the things I'll add, Leah, is I think we started tinkering around with it when we were both in grad school. And I think part of it was because you get to a weekend and the kind of the, the baseline norm is like, well, like weekend is just, you just have more time for studying and for working and for all this kind of stuff. And so I think we were just starting to burn out and we were like, we have like no boundaries on like when to stop. Like when's a, almost, when's an okay time for us not to just continuing to strive into work and to study and all that kind of stuff. So I think for us, we kind of stumbled onto it just kind of uh, out of desperation of just like we need some sort of boundary or we need, we like we're, we're constantly like striving and pouring out and exhausting ourselves. And like we needed this time, um, we, we needed like time for like restoration. So I think that's kind of how we stumbled into it. And then, um, and then, dramatically having to modify it once kids are in the picture and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the second question here is, uh, what do you do on the Sabbath? Or uh, said another way, uh, what, what do you do in the time that you set apart, whether that's a daily time or whether that's one day a week? Um, what, is it, what, is it generally, what does it generally look like for each of you? So the first part I would say is we prepare for Sabbath. Uh, we Sabbath on uh, Saturday. No offense, but Sundays are not relaxing for us, <laughs> especially with littles. And so we figured that out really, really quick. And so our, our preparation into Sabbath, having the house cleaned, laundry done and put away, maybe preparing a crock pot meal for the night or a soup for the night. Um, so Friday is that preparing to Sabbath getting everything done. And then we start our Sabbath Friday night with a family meal, and we take that time to bless Blakely and Clark, and we have them uh, stand up. Well, Blakely stands up on her chair. Clark does not do that yet. And we give her a little chocolate chip and um, lay our hands on them and just bless them and speak into their life. And now Blakely asks, is it Sabbath meal tonight? Because she knows she gets a little treatsy, and I think she's internalizing everything that we're speaking over her. So it starts with that, and in the winter, we always have soup and bread, and just we try to keep it uh, easy and enjoyable. And um, so that's how we start. Oh, we light candles, and we make it special. We went to Value Village and got these massive goblets, and so we put, well, watered-down Gatorade, poor Blakely, into them, and she thinks she's just um, having a grand old time. <laughs> so that's what it looks like. Um, in the winter, we uh, finished and did a little tea party, and um, so that was really fun. We have kind of some different rhythms now in the summer, maybe go for a family walk in the evening. We go to bed. Um, a lot of times, Evan and I watch a, watch a movie um, or a show, which we don't do a lot during the week, and so it's just this special thing closing the night on Friday night. We wake up the next morning and have a very slow morning. Evan normally makes breakfast. Thank you, Evan. And um, just enjoy breakfast together. And then most recently, we've just felt really called to be out in nature and me feeling very connected to the Lord um, on hikes. 
Uh, yesterday we went to Manito and just spent time picnicking and running up and down the hills. And that's super restorative for me. Um, what else? I always nap. It is amazing. <laughs> time carved out. Um, so there's time carved out for me to do devotionals or nap or whatever it might be. Maybe go to a baby shower or a women's gathering. Um, Evan has time apart. And one of Blakely's favorite things is watching movies. So she always has a movie to watch. A lot of times we go to the library beforehand and she gets to pick it. So there's this build up during the week and then she can watch it. And um, we try to have an easy meal in the evening or we go have a family meal with our extended family. And that's the general, that's the general theme of our Sabbaths. I do not have it laid out like that. Um, so good work. <laughs> um, some of the things that I have done, one of the big ones um, has been my phone um, and trying to figure out like what it means to like get off of it on Sundays and actually like break the addiction to it. Um, and especially because like the work that I do is on social media and I like use that as an excuse, but all the things. So now what I do for a while, I tried just turning off my phone completely but I like people to be able to get a hold of me, like if a friend wants to hang out or Richard needs me. So now I have a new setting on my phone where I've pretty much turned it into a dumb phone where all I can do is get texts and calls. I don't get any other notifications. I don't check social media. Um, I know. And it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, pretty much my phone is only used for that and to play worship music. I play worship music most of the day or maybe a podcast while I'm feeding Peter. Um, and then at, in this season, I feel like I'm just trying to be much more intentional, both with things that are happening and things that I'm avoiding happening. So intentional about worship music, about still having a quiet time and not like counting church as like, oh, that was the, the checkbox for the day. Still doing that. Getting outside um, and things that I'm avoiding is housework that feels draining to me. I'm trying to not keep it legalistic where there is housework that to me, like I really don't mind doing so I don't like get on myself if I want to do that, but stay away from the draining stuff. And the biggest one is avoid things um, that make me feel like I need to accomplish this. If I feel like I need to do this, I probably should not do it today. And I either should have prepared and done it the day before or it can wait. Um, and then yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what brings me the most joy. And I think a lot of that is good, yummy food it is being with people and it is being with my family, like all four of us and not just like, okay, you got the kids. Okay, cool. Like I can veg out. Okay. I have the kids or I think it's important to have time. But I think sometimes if we're not doing that intentionally, it just turns into like, oh, you got them. Oh, well, I'm just wasting time. So trying to like all be there together or take intentional time and do something that refreshes my soul. So I, um, <clears throat> I have a wonderful schedule with my work. I, uh, I'm a mental health therapist, so I can schedule clients when, uh, around my needs. So my needs are to have a wonderful cup of coffee every morning, and I look forward to it the night before. And God has used that to reel me in and say, here's your coffee, come meet with me. <laughs> 
So that's kind of what I do. And my, my Sabbath is more on a daily basis. But what is different about it than other times of uh, Bible reading or devotion is that um, after my coffee, because I find that can be a distraction, so after I sip my cup and I'm sitting there, I just uh, am very intentional about being quiet before the Lord and not having any, any thoughts that come into my mind. I just kind of let them go. And, in, and what helps me do that is this um, app called Soul Space, and its uh, tagline is anchoring your um, heart to the love of God. So for me, as I mentioned before, experiencing God's presence in my life is essential. And feeling his delight in me and communicating my delight in him. And so I will sit there with that. And it's kind of like um, breathing and listening to the music. And then there's a scripture. But it's different than the rest of my day, which I think I've been trying to distinguish the difference between, like I said, Sabbath and regular devotions. But in that moment, I'm not doing anything that I would normally do, like my phone or my laptop or other materials that I read. It's just me and God. And I, I begin to crave that every day now. The more you do it, the more you crave it. And the, the app is really only five minutes long, and it doesn't seem like much, but if you're not used to practicing that, five minutes can feel like a long time. <laughs> so I do that, and um, I think it's just taking a vacation in my mind of what I would normally be doing at that time, which is, like I said, all the other stuff that life requires. But I also wanted to share that I have um, this book called Every Moment holy. And what I like about it, it's a book of liturgies, and there are prayers uh, from this one particular man, and they're so well written, beautifully, beautifully written. And he's painted pictures also with, um, what do you call that, wood block ink? Yeah. Anyway, um, he goes through different areas. There's a, there's a prayer for um, you know, normal prayers before meals. There's a prayer for when you're having doubts. There's even a prayer for changing diapers. <laughs> but the idea is that everything we do is holy. And it reminds me of Moses when he was before the burning bush. And God said, take off your shoes, for you are on holy ground. So everything that we do, even washing dishes, changing diapers, all that is holy. Because we're holy in him. So I usually read that, uh, one of those, and just, again, let my mind be free of all of those distracting thoughts about what am I going to do today and what are my plans or what about my children, lots of, you know, worrying about them just because that's what moms do. Um, but, yeah, so that's what makes my time with the Lord every day just rich, 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 rich. I love it. I, uh Quick follow-up question before that mic gets too far away from you. Um, how long has that been your pattern in the mornings? And then if you could just briefly speak to kind of what that does to the rest of your day. Oh, my gosh, that's a great question. So like I said, I've, my husband passed away last May a year ago. And um, so I would say consistently, daily, that's been 
that's been the beginning of that intentional practice. Just how it shapes the rest of you, oh. how you've noticed it shaping oh, the rest of right, your day. right, right. So, uh, and Kelly can relate to this, because what we do in the mental health field is get a lot of giving out and a lot of listening and a lot of really getting into people's lives. And I find that if I don't have that time, I don't feel like I'm as present. So what it does is it allows me to be present with the people that I meet, because I'm filled up now. And so I feel like I can do what the Lord has called me to do, and it does, uh, it does de determine my whole day. I have much more to give out. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I, yeah. Anna reminded me that um, we turn off our phones and we turn them off um, Friday evening and we end up, we can turn them back on Saturday evening or Sunday morning. And I will say that that is one of the hardest things we do and it is one of my most favorite things we do. And it is, it's hard. I don't know about you, but during the week, I walk by my phone and I check, see if anyone's messaged me, if I have any emails. And it's like, it's so habituated, it's kind of scary. And so turning off my phone and putting it away, it's uncomfortable. But then by the end of the Sabbath, I'm actually forgetting about my phone. And it's, it's so good and it's so freeing. And I went today and I thought, where did I put my phone? And I had to go search for it. And so I would say that has been one of the most restorative things, um, kind of breaking that addiction and that cycle um, with technology. I'm not legalistic about it, though, if, or try not to be. If, um, you know, we need to look up where to go on a hike, we can turn on our phone and put it into Google Maps. And I just want to highlight something that um, each of you has kind of said in a unique way, but it's this idea of, um, uh, Hannah, you read, that was from Isaiah, that, that, that scripture in Isaiah, but it's this, um, like, it's, it's, I think Sabbath is just this time where we are really just saying, um, and we're just really coming to grips with or facing, like, what are the things that, like, satisfy us? Or, what, what, like, what are the things that we've tried to make satisfy us? And then what truly does in, in the Lord? And so it's this time that we're saying yes to the things that, like, bring our hearts closer to His and where we find that satisfaction. And it's saying, like, hey, I want to, these things that I've um, either habitually or subconsciously have kind of drifted towards as like looking for that satisfaction or the things that are distracting or getting in the way. We're saying like, hey, we're setting these things aside and I'm prioritizing um, the things that are going to bring me closer to his heart and that are going to satisfy me in him. So it's just interesting. Each of you said that in a uniquely different way. Um, a couple a couple comments that I'll make um, is, uh, Hannah, I liked how you talked about yard work or just work around the house, the things that feel like a need to, or the things that like uh, aren't restorative, because I think um, it can easily drift into, like I mentioned before, it's it's less of the uh, like, what can't I do kind of thing. And it's more of like, oh no, what to do? Like what, you know, how do I, how do I want to facilitate this relationship with others and with God? And I think one of the points, Ben and I were just talking about this a few days ago, but, um, there is, there are things that like Leah, I would say for you, like gardening, where that's like, you're like one of your go-tos on the Sabbath is like, oh, like 
if I can just get out and garden. Exactly. But there are many of us that are just like gardening. Oh my gosh. Um, but the, uh, there's this book, I, I think it's called, it's, uh, the, the title is amazing. I think the title's called Sabbath or something like that. But the gentleman who wrote it, and he wrote this a little bit, he was just talking about how he's like, when I Sabbath, you know what I do? I mow the lawn. He's like, I love mowing the lawn. And for him, it's like, hey, my, my, my work is writing. I'm always in front of a computer, et cetera. So for me to get out with the fresh cut grass and mow the lawn, and so I guess the point being is we kind of talk about that legalism standpoint of where it's like, it's going to look different for each and every one of us. And for him, he's like, that's like, that's like the top. He loves mowing the lawn. And for someone else, they're like, oh my gosh, like that sounds like the worst thing ever. Kind of like Sabbath or kind of like uh, gardening. So um, I was just reminded of that. But then also I think with the, I think there's this aspect, and I like how Hannah, you brought it up as far as like um, the things that are, and this is kind of what Kelly mentioned about bonding, not just with God, but with others as well. And I think the, the family thing, I think there's an aspect of like wanting to have, like, especially for moms, it's like, hey, I've, you know, been with the kids all week. Like I need like an hour to two hours kind of thing. But I think also just trying to do those things that kind of bring us together as a family. And one of the things that was kind of a, I think a sneaky benefit of putting our phones away for a day is uh, like, I think I've started to notice that our kids notice like Blakely notices and, um, and just like, even when, for me, uh, when Kelly last week was talking about how being unproductive is un-American, I was just like, Kelly's been reading my mail or something like that. So like, so that, for, so for me, uh, like play, Play is like one of the hardest things I think for me to almost justify in my mind, like to just simply play, especially with the girls, because it's like, okay, like I'll play with you. Like I'm kind of doing my thing here while you're playing around on the ground or, you know, it's uh, going and doing something with Blakely or Clark. And it's like, well, like I'm here doing Legos with you, but I kind of have my phone and I'm, you know, just shooting off a couple emails. It's like, I'm not really completely intentionally undivided attention to this play. And um, so that's been one of the kind of uh, through the back door, I feel like benefits or things that surprised me with turning off our phones. We were, I was sitting down to watch a movie with um, Blakely a couple Saturdays ago. And just like, as we're like starting the movie, Blakely turns to me and she's like, dad, do you think maybe you could not have your phone and just sit here and watch the movie with me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so, but it was just like, she notices, she notices those things. And so for her just knowing like, oh, on a Saturday, dad's home and he's going to play with me and mom and dad don't have those black glass boxes in front of their faces and all this kind of stuff. Like anyway, so that was just something as you guys were mentioning the technology, it's like, it's obviously for us as well. But I think even just like with kids or with family members, just being like, um, or even just with God, just being like, hey, like all other distractions, all me being accessible to anybody else, it's taking a backseat, whether it's during that set aside time in the morning or a whole day. So I thought those were good. But uh, the next question here is, and you guys have each spoke to this a little bit, but maybe a little bit more thoroughly, let's talk about how do you enter and exit the Sabbath? I feel like we, I covered that a bit, so I'll keep it short. But definitely preparing to Sabbath is our biggest thing. Um, 
taking care of those chores. And, and that was our biggest area of growth over this past year or biggest challenge is learning how to prepare. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really know how we exit the Sabbath, though. I don't think we've worked on that. So, yeah, I think I, I, think I shared, though. So. Yeah, and for me, I don't really have a good way of entering and exiting it yet. Um, I mean, I'm trying to do, like, morning to night, so it's kind of the same way I try to enter each day and exit each day is having the first thing I think of is, God, thank you for today. Give me strength. Give me joy. All of that stuff. Maybe reciting Psalm 23 in my head and then trying to exit, going to sleep. Once again, prayer. So, like, inviting God in um, and such. But, yeah, preparing is also a big thing. Because I think one of my favorite quotes was from the ruthless elimination of hurry on like the Sabbath part is Sabbath is different than a day off where it's like with a day off you can just do all the things but you're not just gonna happen to not need to do anything like you have stuff you need to do on Sunday so if you don't prepare for it it's not gonna happen so like I said anticipating my coffee the next in the morning <laughs> is uh, what gets me uh, get interested and the Lord pulls me in with that uh, but ending it, uh, a friend of mine and I have been doing this for quite a while now, where we send each other one hard thing about our day and at least five things we're grateful for every day. And so after that time in the morning, we, uh, I, I'm, I'm full of things that I'm thankful for with the Lord. And so I usually... Either if I don't get to it, then I think of those things, and then I, I'll text that to her later, and then she texts me hers also. So that's a, a, a gratitude way is how I pretty much end um, my time in the morning with the Lord. Yeah, that's good. And I think um, going back to the comment I was making when Leah was chatting, I think um, probably over the past year we didn't, we, we kind of just, stumbled into Saturday um, and I would say we it, it, from a preparation standpoint of just like kind of just preparing our hearts for that time but also just practically like for me for example um, like Friday um, is like Thursday and Friday that's typically when I'll do uh, like all the yard work that I need to do because I know if it comes to Saturday and we're outside hanging out in the backyard like that's all I'm going to see that's all I'm going to see is like what I have to have done. Or we try to make it like very intentional about like there are no like dishes in the sink and stuff like that, like going into Saturday, because I am just going to look at those all throughout the day. And I'm just always going to be reminded of the things that I need to do that. I need to do that. And I need to do that. And it's not even, I guess I'm not, I'm not highlighting. I, I, those are things that like I need to do, not things that I want to do, but it just becomes like, I just start doing the Saturday just becomes a day of just like developing like a mental task list of like, oh, I got to do that. And then I got to do that. And okay, tomorrow I got to do that and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's one. Th those are just a couple practical things. One of the things I'll do is I'll actually write out like to do's like on Friday just so I can kind of try to get those things off of like uh, my mental space of trying to just thinking about like, oh, I got to remember that in order, like I need to do that Sunday or I need to do that Monday, I'll just write down things so that I can be like, I've written those things down. They're, they're kind of set aside. I don't have to kind of keep thinking about those things throughout Saturday. Um, and then I would say, um, 
kind of organically, we've started to exit Sabbath with extended family dinners, which I think has been a really nice um, kind of just way for us to kind of close that time. Um, like I said, it wasn't, it didn't happen necessarily intentionally, but um, it's, I think it's been a really, it's been a really good way for us to close those times. Um, the last question here is, uh, what would you say to those who are maybe on the fence or who have never tried this practice before? Try it. <laughs> it's super fun. It really is. And it's uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, I found myself like as you enter the Sabbath, there's this restlessness because we go, 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 go during the week and we rarely slow down. So if it's uncomfortable, that's okay. If you find things that don't work, that's okay. And just keep trialing, keep figuring things out. Ask your kids what would fill them up during that time. Ask your spouse, go through, I think we went through a certain checklist of what were things that would fill us up and restore us. And um, I just say, try it, it's fun. What I would say that I put down is that we need to do this together, and I think we need to make it a normal practice for believers, and especially since this is our church family for River's Edge. Because, I mean, when I was trying to think of, like, who are people I know that Sabbath? Partons. I don't know if I know anyone else. I'm sure some of you do, and I just don't know it. But, like, and, like, other friends. I'm like, I really don't know anyone who, like, really, all right, I guess the decents. Um, like, who really actually honors the Sabbath and I feel like it's that thing where as Christians, we just give each other a free pass because none of us are really doing it. Or I'm like, come on, I don't want a free pass. But if you're not doing it, then maybe I don't have to do it either. But if more of my friends do it, then I'm like, maybe I should do this too. It's good. And like I've seen in Leah how like great it is. But if I'm seeing more friends, how great it is, then I'm going to be more likely to do it. And if I show you, then maybe I'll. So it's like it's one of those things where I'm like, we need to do this together and share what's working, what's not. Um, because, yeah, let's stop giving each other a free pass. So I would say uh, listening to God's invitation to you, because it's an invitation. And you know in your mind and when you hear the Lord wooing you, you know, we're his beloved, so he woos us into his presence. So listen to the invitation and um and act on it in a way that feels uncomfortable at first. Five minutes can feel like a long time if you're not used to it. And all those thoughts, will, well, what do I say? Or, you know, and then you start hearing all of these negative voices in your head, like, well, I don't know how to do this. And I'm, you know, I'm not good enough for this. And, you know, why would God want to spend that time with me? So being able to put, push all that aside and his invitation is just come, come and be with me. And responding to that, that's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you guys can come on up. And just kind of as we close, um, I think the things that, uh, I don't know, Becky, has, am I good? Yeah. It's Nate. It was Nate. Yeah. Uh, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about, like, it's so easy for us, especially in those daily times that we set aside to be like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, okay, what's the next thing I'm supposed to do? Even if we like, you know, call it our quiet time or devotional time, it can easily become that where, 
you know, I think you're just highlighting really beautifully, just like, uh, just like come and be right. It's this invitation just to come and be right. The kind of that quip of like, you don't have to strive. You don't have to be a human doing right. You can be a human being during this time where you can just be, you can just be with the Lord. Um, but from a, from a daily standpoint, I think I would just echo, um, what you all have said so far is a lot of times it's uncomfortable. Uh, I think coming off that drug of hurry and performance and doing and accomplishing or whatever, it's uncomfortable coming off of that. Um, and I think the last thing is it's just years and a lifetime of just tinkering and refining and changing. And that's okay. We've tinkered so much. We've changed so much. And from people that I've talked to mentors who have just been doing this for a lifetime for 20, 30 years, they're like, it's changed over the years so much and that's okay. So, um, so I guess, uh, let's, uh, say thank you to our panel real quickly. And then, uh, I will pray for us and we will enter into worship. Lord, um, we are so thankful that you are worthy that, um, that you invite us and that you call us to come and be with you. And uh, we recognize, as your word says time and time again, that you are the satisfaction that we look for. You are the one that we hunger and thirst for. And uh, I pray that as we consider this practice that you entered into, that you practiced, that we would see it as a time where we can say, no to things and yes to things that bring us closer to your heart. So um, would you bless each and every one of the individuals here and would you draw us ever so more closely to you? We love you. Amen.